The reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Fantastic. Merry Christmas. We've made it by the skin of our teeth. How about that? Let's enjoy it before Boxing Day comes. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Fill our hearts afresh today that we may know your word a bit better so that we can take it into your world and make it better. Lord, thank you that today we celebrate baby Jesus, born in the back door of Bethlehem, but then presented to the whole world as king, as peacemaker, as prophet. Amen. Today I want to talk about how Jesus is the expected guest of Christmas. Like many of you, I look forward to the Christmas adverts, and almost always the best one is from John Lewis. Fantastic. These annual big-budgeted short films have become a part of our festivities. But I've got to say that I wasn't that impressed about this one, this year's one. It was called The Unexpected Guest. And this two-minute film tells the story of Skye, an alien who's uh, rather handedly fallen uh, down from the sky in her broken spaceship in Surrey, of all places. Uh, and for her own uh, good luck, she's landed next to a house of a rather beautiful family. She is introduced to the traditions of a British Christmas by Nathan, 
a local boy who discovers her as he's out walking in the forest. And over the next few days, we imagine the timeline to be, Nathan smuggles mince pies to her, and then he smuggles a light-up jumper to show his new friend. I wonder what you would have presented an alien to if you had the chance. So the music kicks in, the spaceship is repaired, and then Sky is off. Nathan's fun is over, and he is on his own again. Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not the unexpected guest. He is the long-expected saviour. He didn't just come for a day to play. He came for eternity, to be with us for eternity. So why did he come? He came to bring peace. He came to bring people together. And he came to bring purpose to yours and my life. And how does he make our lives full of purpose? Well, he makes us holy again so that we can stand in the presence of God for eternity. In our text today, Luke tells us about the birth of Jesus with a surprisingly minimal amount of detail. Notice how in the first seven verses that they tell us about the time and the context of Caesar Augustus and the census that is going about. And it's only in verses 6 and 7 do we hear about the most important story ever told, the birth of the most loveliest person ever born, Jesus Christ. So why the long intro? Luke's inclusion with the census has caused much uh, debate and trouble, and if you're ever preaching on it, probably don't focus too much uh, on the chronological uh, nature of it because it's not really making sense and you can disprove it anyway. But what I think Luke is doing here by including the census in his opening gospel is he's reminding us that Jesus is rooted within history. Jesus doesn't stay up there looking down saying good luck, but he comes down and baby Jesus into our history, into our narrative, because he's Emmanuel, God with us. So having restored Roman rule, Augustus was revered more lovingly like a god than a human. Indeed, his very name, Augustus itself, identified himself as a divine character. So Luke wants to connect the divine purposes of God here through the work of Augustus. Augustus may think that he was sovereign over the whole world, but actually, he's going to realize pretty quickly that there's a higher power, a higher person, God, who is controlling things here. I love it that the Roman Empire did not realize that it was actually helping to prepare for Christmas. So Augustine's decision to call for a census means that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And without them being aware, this massive empire and this very powerful emperor is actually helping to fulfill a prophecy that was declared decades before. Isn't it amazing to think 
that when our Lord Jesus Christ, when that baby, that precious, innocent baby was born, the world experienced such a peace like it had never before. In the chaos of the wars and the fighting and the peace that Augustus brought through military might, God uses that to bring in his rescue plan, Jesus Christ. God's rescue plan started on that day. But there's more. The angel's message of peace strikes at the very heart of the Roman Empire that Jesus was born into. Augustus's peace is established through his defeat of Mark Antony, and it was always enforced through military might. So this is only political peace that the Roman Empire could ever establish. But the peace, the peace that Jesus offers you and me today, afresh again, and every day when we come into his presence, that is a peace of pure love, of pure joy, of pure celebration, because it led ultimately to Jesus showing what that love cost on a cross. Friends, Jesus is what true peace is because he is the Prince of Peace. So Mary and Joseph head to Bethlehem and they start to realize that this bundle of joy that they're carrying in the confusion and the chaos of what's going on, what they've been asked to do, is actually the true bearer of peace. Caesar Augustus has got nothing on baby Jesus. Jesus is the savior of the world. This Christmas, what do we long for if not peace on this earth? What do we long for if not peace on this earth? For Luke, the world has changed and salvation has come before Jesus has even done anything at all. This Christmas, know that Jesus brings us peace. He comes to each of us, to each of your families, to your friends if they know it, and he tells them and he speaks to them about what the true meaning of peace is. My second point is this. Jesus brings people together. In verses 8 of our text, we see that Jesus' birth brought some unlikely guests together. The shepherds had been brought out of the cold and into the warmth. A shepherd's work was boring, yet the role often called for diligence and for endurance. The search for water often took the shepherds and their sheep off to places that were far from their homes and their communities. And the threat of wild animals meant that they always, always had to remain alert. But there's more. Shepherds also went and found missing sheep because each sheep mattered to them. This is why each night, each one is counted in and counted out. Extra attention was also <clears throat> given to newborns and those who were sick. And the scholars tell us that they even played reed flutes to calm the sheep. If anyone here plays a reed flute and would like to calm me to sleep at some point, do WhatsApp me a little sound. That would be wonderful. So whilst there is great disagreement amongst scholars about the place of shepherds within First Palestine, 
What we do know is that they were outsiders. You see, the requirement of their job to travel great distances away from their home communities meant that sometimes they struggled to observe the, the religious law uh, and the rituals that they had to do to purify themselves. Some even stole, and others had to allow their sheep to go onto land that belonged to others. So for your average rabbi, it was a fair claim of theirs to look at shepherds as people who were distributable and untrustworthy. Today, church, I wonder who do you and I see as untrustworthy? Who have we put in the other camp over there? And if we're honest with ourselves, we don't actually believe that the good news of Christ is for them. They're just slightly too far away. So these shepherds are invited to the greatest party that ever happened. They are called by an angel, a messenger, to go and join in the greatest story. Today, we must be reminded that everyone is invited, every person is invited to praise and to glorify God. So who are you praying for on this Christmas morning? Who do you wish would know life's loveliest person, Jesus Christ? Friends, don't give up praying for them. You're planting the seed that the Holy Spirit of God will water. So keep praying for that person. Today, wherever you find yourselves with baby Jesus, do not wait until you think you've got it all sorted before you can approach him. We worship a God that runs to us. We can never run far and fast enough to him because he's always coming to us first. This Christmas, know that Jesus brings people together because he comes to each of us, regardless if we're feeling it, want it, or know it, because he's a God of love. My third point is this. Jesus gives purpose. And that purpose is to be holy, to be set apart, to be known by God, and to know him. Verse 7 uh, says in our text, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room to place, there was no place for them in the inn. <clears throat> we, know almost, almost, we know almost nothing about the innkeeper, not even his name. If there was an inn, even some people distribute that. But I think Luke gives us this because we know that they lived in Bethlehem and that there wasn't, uh, and that they were holy enough, sorry, the innkeeper, to offer hospitality. They allowed Mary and Joseph to come into their house because hospitality is and was essential for the Israelites. Perhaps this innkeeper was a relative, as Joseph did know family already in Bethlehem. His family name was known. Or did Joseph leave his journey too late uh, and now Mary was in labor uh, and the baby was already on its way, so the door had to be opened? Whatever the reason to let them in, we perhaps won't know. But what we do know is they were allowed in. The door was opened. 
in the innkeeper's story, I think that we are, we are reminded this. Jesus' birth was hidden and it was ignored. The world carried on, but Jesus came. There was no celebration. The wider family weren't invited. It wasn't on Zoom, thank God. But Jesus is held tenderly and lovingly by his mother and father. They know God is doing something. They don't know it all. But they have enough faith to hold this baby and to say yes to God. Jesus is born in a simple, lonely birth. I think all Christians are holy because we are now called each day, as the Lord's Prayer reminds us, to be set apart. We follow Jesus into the mess and the, and the human suffering that comes our way. And we offer all to him because he knows our pain and our shame, because he experienced it on the cross. When we take our holiness seriously, we risk, and it does often feel like a risk, letting Jesus to take us to those most difficult places that we would rather not go to. The inn may have been a stable. It may have been a poor home or a cave. Wherever it was, God slipped in through the back door of Bethlehem, almost unnoticed, so that his rescue plan for you and me could begin. And it began in poverty, obscurity, and rejection. This Christmas, friends, whatever gets you fearful, whatever brings you down, bring it to God and know that you are blessed because you are called to be holy. Jesus offers you and those who you love this blessing each and every day. So as we head into another year of uncertainty, we can have today on Christmas Day a gift that the world cannot and will not ever give us, a greater hope in baby Jesus. And this baby Jesus who is born into a man who lives an ordinary life in a family but goes on to do extraordinary things to change the cosmos and the whole of the universe. He is the only one, friends, that can offer you peace, that can offer me peace, he is the only one who will bring everything together, all the headlines, all the chaos, all the mess that we see. And he is the one, the Prince of Peace, who will bring purpose to our lives, not just in this one, but for the whole of eternity as he makes us holy. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given and Jesus Christ is the heart of Christmas Amen